Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is the host of the Huda Thunkin' Podcast, Zeb, coming at you with episode 131, titled Palisade, Nevada. Before we get into the town of Palisade, Nevada, let's go over the recommendation segment where I recommend you check something out. This week, I recommend you watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Anime fans and cyberpunk video game fans are freaking out over Netflix's new animated edition of the cyberpunk franchise. And I see why. I can see why. I really enjoy it. I haven't finished it yet, um, but quite a few episodes in. The game version, Cyberpunk, came out with some controversy because the producers of the game knowingly released an unfinished and majorly flawed game, uh, but still charged full price. People were not happy about that, but I think it's improved since then. That being said, the game was ambitious. It drops the player into this expansive dystopian future where technology is everything. I personally have never played the game, but I have uh, seen videos, so I kind of get what's going on. It looks really cool. Um, Keona Reeves was in the game trailer. He's in the game as a small character, so that's pretty cool. Got them to market a lot easier. Now, this show comes out, and everyone is loving it. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%. Here's a summary. A street kid tries to survive in a technology and body modification-obsessed city of the future. With everything to lose, he chooses to stay alive by becoming an edge runner, a mercenary outlaw, also known as a cyberpunk. First episode came out in September 13th of 2022, so it's pretty brand spanking new just this month. Please note that this show has some very mature content, lots of violence and sexual content. I mean, <laughs> I was really astonished by <laughs> how much they were showing in it, but it is all to put you in the and you, the viewer, into this fantastic world of cyberpunk. It's pretty cool. Um, so very futuristic, and some of the um, most respected anime creators from the 90s and 80s, the golden age of anime, have said, yes, this is amazing. They've given it the stamp of approval, so check it out. And if you're not an anime fan, eh, you might. I think you still might like it if you like sci-fi. So, now for the main event. Check out Cyberpunk Edge Runners, but now for the main event. What do you suppose was the most dangerous town in the old Wild West? Dodge City tombstone nope it was palisade nevada <laughs> you probably could have guessed based off the name of the, of the episode palisade nevada was the most dangerous at least for a short while that is located right on the central pacific railroad palisade was known far and wide for having streets that flowed red with blood as passengers passed by on the railroad they would witness all sorts of calamity play out right before their eyes but if one took the time to stay a while get to know the town and its people, they would find it was quite a nice place to live. How could that be? How could those two things happen the same? How could it be so violent but also a nice place to live? Well, you see, money was tight in this podunk tumbleweed town out in Nevada. Nevada. So the residents had a hot idea one day. Why not give the people what they want? This idea culminated in America's first, America's possibly the world's first theme park. Each time a train would pass by, dropping off passengers or even holding on to its passengers, they would stay on sort of a moving audience, the townsfolk would put on a show. Elaborate gunfights, robberies, public executions. Uh, this is the Wild West, so public execution means hangings, <laughs> specifically. The shows were a parody of what their fellow Western towns actually faced each day. It may not have lasted long, but a while... Uh, but a while, the people of Palisade created a unique tourist attraction for anyone seeking adventure and danger in the Wild West. Wow, Wow West. The town had all the locals in on the bit. 
It wasn't long before the Transcontinental Railway was finished that the townspeople started putting on their shows. The first Palisade spectacle took place in 1876. Ever since then, theme parks have used Palisade shows as a blueprint on how to portray the Wild West. There were mock gunfights with stuntmen firing blanks and cueing the next stuntman to fall off of his horse, stuff like that. This tradition is carried out today in parks like Six Gun Territory in Ocala, Florida, and Old Tucson in Tucson, Arizona, and Frontier Town, um, and Frontier Town in uh, Ocean City, Maryland. A childhood friend of mine's family would take me to Frontier Town every summer. I've seen Wild West shows like these play out in real life. <laughs> They're corny, but really fun. And it's cool to hear the origin was based off of a town that was, well, we'll get into the motivations why they did this, but they were throwing on mock gunfights. No one was getting hurt, no one was getting shot, but it definitely looked like it. It was very, uh, very, uh, oh gosh, very persuasive, very convincing. That's the word I'm looking for. The motiv motivation to put on such shows was a combination of a few things. Folks from the railroad were over, had, you know, they were overheard saying how they never saw a real gunfight and wished that they could. The town's main source of revenue um, had dried up as well. So those are the two motivations that are going on here. Two things that sort of caused this weird theme park to happen. People from the east, you know, out New York, Philadelphia area, um, Boston, stuff like that. They'd come out west seeking, you know, all sorts of things. Business, uh, gold rush, all st sorts of stuff going on there. But as they're going out there saying, what's going on here? I was heard, you know, every noon... At noon, every town would have a duel and all this. In reality, that stuff happened, but not nearly as much as they were being told. So they're like, what's happened to all the gunfights? At the same time, Palisades, a main source of revenue, had dried up. So Palisade was a thriving mining community until the mine wasn't profitable anymore. Um, this was a common occurrence in mining communities. The town's economy had become reliant on the mine to keep it going. But unlike other mining communities, on hard times, the people of Palisade refused to give up. Um, pretty soon, visitors, tourists, started showing up in droves, causing a boom in the local economy. It was working. Palisade was throwing on these weird theme park show things, and people were coming to see them, putting a lot, uh, buying stuff when they were there, and putting life back into the economy of Palisade. They all thought it was real, and Palisade, the most dangerous place in America, but in reality, it was one of the safest and most inclusive. So that's the main difference between today's themes, theme parks and Palisade back in the Old West. People thought it was real in Palisade. Uh, like I said, it was so convincing. People would get off the train. Men would shoot at each other and be like, what the heck? A guy just died here. So they're taking all these stories back to their cities. And yeah, it blows up. Frank West and Alvin Kittleby were the first to put on the show. Frank said to Alvin, there you are. You low, you low down polecat. I've been waiting for you. I'm going to kill you for what you did to my sister. <laughs> That's exactly the quote that I found on this one website. There you are, you old down, low down polecat. I'm gonna kill you. I love that. Anyway, so that's sort of how their shows would go. Super corny. But think of it, this is back in a time where theme parks weren't really a thing. These kind of shows weren't put on. Hoaxes to this degree weren't put on. So it was a lot more believable. Think of it as yourself as a lot more gullible person. And you just get off. Let's say you just get off an airport. Uh, you get off a plane. You come to an airport into a new country you've never been to. And you come out. And you see people running around with, like, guns and machetes, and you, it looks real. You'd be like, what the heck is happening here? However, you're safe the entire time for some reason. That's sort of what these, these people going who were on the railroad getting off a of Palisade were experiencing. And like a live soap opera with six shooters, the fight was on. I, I mean, this is how this happened. Not only did the townspeople 
the townsfolk, enthusiastically participate in these mock fights, but the local Native American tribes and railroad workers often join in as well. They were in on it. Their contributions were often impromptu as well. They would just come up with things on the fly. As the train approached, men, women, and children took their places, readying for their roles to play as this big battle, fake battle played out. Women cried, men carried off their targets as scared onlookers ducked under seats and hid behind rail cars, terrified for their lives. It was known as the toughest town west of Chicago because the townspeople would perform every day except for Sundays. As more and more railway passengers witnessed Palisades fights, the news spread east to the larger populated cities like New York and Philadelphia. Newspapers caught wind of this hearsay sweeping through their cities and began to publish article upon article about daily brawls, gunfight deaths, and all-around lawlessness. The lawlessness of the West is in Palisade. (laughs) Little did they know that it was all just a show. Nobody knew. So what started out as a town full of bored people looking to bring in a few more railway passengers with stories of dangerous Wild West adventures soon became a nationally recognized destination for that, just that. If you want to experience the Wild West, you're going to go to Palisade there. It's right down there on the Pacific, Continental Pacific Railway. Originally, Palisade was established as a mining community and connected to the Central Pacific Railway as an and as an as a remarkable transportation hub, only known by the railway because uh, there weren't many other places to stop for rest and resources. So, you know, the railway, the railroad decided, let's, you know, let's connect this up here to Palisade. Why? Not because it's a spectacular town, but because it's a place that we might need to resupply sometimes. But then it changed with all these shows going on. The town had been founded in 1866, so that's not that far back. Uh, like I said, 1866, they're founded, and fall of 1876, just a decade later, the first stage duels were kicking off. So, <laughs> like, they really fell on economic hard times pretty quickly. For a time, all the people traveling from San Francisco and or San Francisco and Chicago either stopped or rode right on past Palisade. The duels and robberies were the most common shows, but Palisade also put on shows of hangings and fake Native American invasions of the town. And remember, the railroad workers, or railway workers, were also in on it. Your engineers, your staff on the on the trains. So an Indian invasion would come in. The railway workers, who are being paid by the townspeople to do so, would say stuff like, oh my gosh, look at that. And they're like, oh, are we in danger? And they're like, no, you're not in danger. Just sit back and watch. They don't bother the trains they never have, you know. It's like the perfect show. So the people of Palisade would pay tribes, uh, local tribes, to invade them or to be bound and hogtied tight right up on the railroad platform. They would bound them hand and foot and have a nasty-looking guard stand by his, his bound body. Stuff like that was something that was written about in these newspaper articles. Um, so pretty interesting. The whole town just exploding with all kind of craziness. The town even went so far as to load their shotguns, rifles, and revolvers with gunpowder. No projectile, like I talked about explosives before. I had an episode on it. A gun you could put, you could make an explosion, make the whole sound, make smoke coming out of your gun, but no projectile is shot out of it. That's that's what they were doing here. It's kind of like a makeshift blank at each other. And the railway passengers, as soon as they got off the train, because uh, I don't think blanks were invented back then should have should have googled that didn't oh well but anyway they weren't using actual blank cartridges like we know today they were just shooting you know lighting off gunpowder in their firearms they gave the show shock value (laughs) passengers were often seen running right back to the train in 
fear. Uh, they're trying to make get some shelter, while others stayed for the excitement. From the Eureka Sentinel, uh, Eureka Sentinel.com, that's the uh, a local town to Palisade, the Eureka. Nevada historian Dan Ashbaugh noted that when shootings commenced in all directions, victims falling everywhere, passengers screamed uh, with terror and ran for safe spots. They took refuge behind or under train cars. Ashbaugh also pointed out, however, none of the passengers ever seemed to notice that the victims were quickly carried over to Johnson's Saloon, where they miraculously recovered and could watch the last act. <laughs> Nobody ever caught on to this. I mean, I guess eventually they did, but... It's To me, it's kind of amazing that they were fooled at all. There was a local tribe known as the Shoshone tribe that worked directly with the Palisade townsfolk and railway staff. Together, they would all stage massacres with men, women, and children being fake stabbed and fake scalped. But everyone involved was very good at what they did. No injuries, no deaths were caused by the shows. And everyone's getting paid. The economy's boosting. They're paying the tribe's people. They're paying the railroad workers. Everyone's making out, it's a, and, and the, the passengers are enjoying it, um, So, and no one got hurt. This town was so safe, they didn't even have a sheriff. There's no need for one. The community was very close-knit, and they all watched out for each other. So I, I thought that was pretty neat. Now, in order for the show to be believable, they needed blood, and fake blood hadn't been invented yet, so they used real blood from the local slaughterhouse. I did Google this. Fake blood was, had not been invented. The first... Uh, fake blood was manufactured by a retired British pharmacist, John uh, Tinnegate, or Tanagate, <laughs> during the 1960s and 1970s in the village of Abbotsbury, Dorset. Many var varieties of blood having various degrees of viscosity, shades, and textures were available. So yeah, it wasn't invented till the 60s and 70s, and so these people, what did they use to make it look like blood? These events would last up to 10 minutes, and gallons of cattle blood was poured over adults and children who who had been fake stabbed or shot by faux ruffians or tribes. So I, I think it's funny. So just imagine it. If you've ever seen uh, professional wrestling, how they do the fake blood stuff and, and cuts, just imagine like an, uh, a Native American being in a fake invasion of the town, running up to like little Mary Beth, a 12-year-old girl, and pigtails and running up and being like, hey, Mary Beth, like acting like I'm going to stab you. And then we get up close. He just whispers to her, hey, Mary Beth, take this blood and just pour it all over yourself. <laughs> I, and it's, it's not fake blood. It's cow blood. <laughs> I just think it's rather wholesome to hear that Native Americans and settlers worked together in a roadside theater show <laughs> in the 1800s. I think that's pretty progressive. Who knows how everyone's being treated, but we do know that they were being paid. They weren't just slaves or anything. So, I mean, there must have been some kind of friendships that came out of this three-year-long theme park. Uh, everyone getting paid, everyone getting entertained. And I, I like to think that that's how it went. However, it could have been that they paid the the Native Americans mere shekels and were treated badly. I'm sure that's possible, but it, it sounds more likely that they got along. The town thrived. Uh, when the new railway station was built in 1882, this station was where the Central Pacific and Eureka Palisade lines met. It was a hub for people to meet from all over, and later the Western Pacific Railroad started making stops at Palisade as well. So, after these shows, more people, more railroads started stopping there, started to look good. The nearby town of Eureka had a thriving mine for a while, and things were looking up. But then the mining and extraction industry as a whole started to take a nosedive and make less profits. The mines had the uh, supply, but demand was waning. Thus, 
Uh, plus, there had been lots of floods in the area, making mining work more expensive. Both Eureka and Palisade ceased to exist eventually. In 1961, the Palisade post office was shut down. So when you don't have a post office, it's kind of hard to call yourself uh, like a bustling town. When I say they ceased to exist, they ceased to exist as actual towns and their own municipalities. They were just like settlements that were, you know, not really its own town. In the uh, wake of Palisade, Nevada, or <laughs> both Eureka and Palisade ceased to Oh, yeah. Today, the town of Palisade, Nevada are ghost towns. Or it is a ghost town. So, yeah, not many people live there. I have a picture. Just looks like a couple shacks. Yeah, not very happy. But in the wake of abandonment, Palisade remained in the hands of John Sexton, former head of the obsolete Eureka Palisade Railroad. Sexton's descendants sold Palisade, Nevada, at auction in 2005 to an anonymous buyer. The unidentified new owner paid 150 grand for the town. According to the Sexton heir, also named John, my mother would quote my mother would shoot me if she knew what i'd done but that's all right my daughter needs to go to college palisade will pay for about three years worth so you know sad that it's a ghost town happy it was sold by a good dad to support his daughter's education thought that was pretty cool um but yeah i do see it kind of blows my mind that the town is only worth 150 grand and now I wonder what they're doing with that. It's, it is a historical landmark. It's the world's first theme park. And this crazy story came out of Palisade. And, you know, it was founded by the people that did it. It's, it's a pretty cool story. Only 150 grand, I guess, because you can't make much money off of it. Who knows what they're going to do with it? I'll have to check in on that. It was in 2005, so it's been about 17 years since they bought it. Check it out. Let's we'll see what you can find out about Palisade, Nevada. P-A-L-I-S-A-D-E. Well, thanks for listening, Huda Thunkers. That was my episode on Palisade, Nevada, the world's first theme park, the world's the most dangerous town in the West, the toughest town west of Chicago. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed. Until next week. <laughs>